Hello, everybody. I'm Dr. Laura. Welcome to another episode of Where Work Meets Life. Burnout Be Gone. I'm going to be speaking today with you about burnout. Thank you for being here. I know that burnout is a very important topic these days. I know that many people are suffering and struggling out there, and I wanted to use my experience and my knowledge base in organizational and counseling psychology to help share some of the latest information about burnout. And I'll be doing more than one of these episodes speaking with you about burnout. So what is burnout? That word is tossed around a lot these days. It's not the same thing as stress. We know that stress is is widespread. Stress is the impact of different things going on in our environments, in our minds, and stress can impact us physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically. Burnout, however, is very specific. It's a syndrome that is a result of chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. So if you think of burnout, it is work-specific, okay? So it has to do with chronic workplace stress that has really impacted that human being. And it's characterized by three dimensions. So if you are burned out or one of your loved ones or colleagues, it tends to have three core components to it. One is feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. So I feel totally exhausted. I'm just out of steam. I'm out of energy. Number two is increased mental distance from one's job and a feeling of negativity or cynicism about work. So it's almost that you no longer really care. You feel very detached from what you're doing. It just feels like you're going through the emotions, but you don't have that sense of meaning or purpose around it. And number three is a feeling of reduced professional efficacy. And that's a psychology term for you just don't feel good enough at what you're doing. You just don't feel like you can do a good job. So again, there's three components, exhaustion, cynicism or feelings of negativity that you're not good enough that you'll never get that things will never get better in your job and then professional inefficacy i'm just no longer good at my work and i am the problem so those three components are key so if you're feeling these things or if other people in your life are feeling these things they could be burnt out or burning out So burnout, again, is an occupational phenomenon. It's not a medical diagnosis. So you don't go to your family doctor and get diagnosed with burnout. Um, A family doctor may say it seems like you're burnt out, and they may diagnose you with things like anxiety disorder or depression, but burnout is not typically a formal medical diagnosis, nor is it a DSM diagnosis, meaning a clinical psychology or psychiatry diagnosis. It's not a a category of, of mental disorder. It's more of a stress response to chronic workplace overload, um, stress, etc. that hasn't been managed. And basically, 
Burnout is a result of suboptimal working conditions. So too often we'll put the blame on the individual and we'll say, well, that individual, that person, they're just not coping very well with the workload. Or maybe they have a lot going on in their personal lives and that's why they're burnt out. That's not actually the case. When we look at burnout, we have to put a lot of weight into the workplace situation that that person is finding themselves inside. So I like to use the analogy of if someone is sick um, and they have problems maybe with their lungs and breathing and they're in a home that has black mold in the walls. Right, So we can say, well, let's get this person an inhaler. Let's get this person seeing a naturopath. Let's get them uh, doing things to restore their own health, like exercising more. But if they keep living and going every day into this house and there's black mold in the walls, they're not going to recover because it's a systemic issue around them. And that's what burnout is. And as an organizational psychologist, I think too often we focus on the individual these days with the mental health crisis going on. We need to be focusing on the individual, absolutely. But we also need to be looking at the organizational conditions, that house in which people live for work. And whether you're working remotely, hybrid, or from an office, you are part of a workplace culture. And that workplace culture can range from being healthy all the way to toxic. Unfortunately, I'm seeing too many on the toxic side of that equation or that um, continuum. And that really does concern me as an organizational psychologist and someone who really cares about your well-being, people's well-being, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. As human beings, we need to continue to evolve and to feel good and to be at our best because the world is tricky and we have a lot of curveballs coming at us in the world. So we need organizations that are healthy places to be. So I could speak to you about the things that you could do if you're feeling burnt out. And I will do that in other solo episodes of my podcast. And I have a lot to say on that. But today I want to just spend a little bit of time talking about preventing uh, burnout in people by addressing organizational conditions. What's going on? in the workplace. What are the root causes of burnout? And organizations too often go to quick fixes. So what can we do? We have high rates of burnout. People are going on stress leaves. And let's do things that might be able to fix this. Let's put in some wellness programs. Let's put in yoga class at lunch. Let's make sure people are using their vacations. So let's mandate vacation time. Maybe even give some extra flex days off. And don't get me wrong, that's that's a good idea. Those are great things. Flexible schedules are great things. Trying to uh, decrease work hours or put boundaries around work hours are good things. But those things are all temporary relief measures that don't address the root cause. So back to my house analogy, that would be, okay, we're not addressing the black mold in the walls. Let's just put on uh, some other layers on top of it. So let's put air humidifier, air purifiers uh, in, in the house, for example. Let's leave the windows open, for example. And those things will help 
but they don't get at the root cause. And the root cause is getting that black mold out of the walls. When it comes to workplaces, the root cause is understanding what are the culprits in your organization that are causing chronic job stress. So I looked at the research in this, the latest research, some of the trends, and here are some of the top things. So think about whether you can relate to this in your organization or in other organizations that you've seen, maybe your loved ones in a toxic organization. Um, So a toxic organization would be one that has a lot of these things going on, okay? So there's no, it's not a category, this organization is toxic or not, it's more like the more of the culprits that exist in the organization, the more black mold there is and the more chance of burning out your people. So some of these are unfair treatment. So if there's unfair decision-making, unfair promotions going on, unfairness around raises and comp, um, that is definitely going to be a chronic job stress for people. Another one is around your supervisor or manager. If they are unsupportive, unavailable, if they are toxic, so if they are uh, bullying or abusive or passive aggressive um, or playing games and manipulation or they have narcissistic tendencies, all these things are areas of your supervisor that could cause you chronic job stress and will cause you chronic job stress. And again, this can cause burnout over time. So another one of these is lack of trust and autonomy, which usually relates to your boss as well. The lack of trust and autonomy can run through the organization from the CEO downwards. So the CEO is a naturally distrusting person, and that trickles down to everyone that works for that CEO. They feel distrusted. They feel like they don't have the autonomy to make their own decisions. Uh, Dysfunctional workplace dynamics. So those dynamics can fester. So... Uh, games, manipulation, um, cliques, okay? So groups of people that exclude other people, personality conflicts that run deep and aren't addressed. That's dysfunctional workplace dynamics, and that can be a cause of burnout over time. Absolutely it can. Under-resourcing So what's happened in organizations is when there are a lot of cutbacks and layoffs, the people who are left standing are left with double the workload on their shoulders, for example. They're left with more to do. Um, And workloads have become increasingly higher and higher over time. A lot of organizations have cut out administrative report, uh, sorry, administrative support roles. And then that places the administrative burden on the professionals in those roles. And it may seem like, oh, that's just a little bit of time each day, but a little bit of time each day can add up to a lot over time, especially as all aspects of your work role get busier and bigger. These workloads are unsustainable. Uh, Lack of role clarity, unclear job expectations. So this is where we get overlap between people feeling like they're not quite sure what's my job, what's yours. It can lead to conflict for sure. It can lead to confusion. So role clarity is something as organizational psychologists that we look for and we look at to make sure that it's working. Uh, Values misalignment is another one. 
And at my Canada Career Counseling practice, we see that every day people feeling their values, what's important to them, are not aligned with what's important to their organization or their boss. So when you have a values misalignment, you feel it. You feel it every day. It's like you're jumping into a river and swimming against the current, and it takes its toll. It depletes you, and it can lead to burnout. Lack of meaning or purpose. Yeah, I alluded to that a bit, but if you don't feel a sense of meaning in what you're doing and a sense of contributing to the greater good, if you feel like it's ethically not uh, aligned for you or it lacks honesty or integrity, all of those things, all of those things can cause burnout over time because you're working somewhere that has black mold in the walls. It, it's not a healthy place to be for you. Maybe it's a healthy place for someone else. Values misalignment can mean it's just not a fit for me but it might be a fit for others, or it can mean this is a toxic workplace that's not a good fit for any human being. Maybe robots could do well in there, but not a human being. And then another one is job insecurity or the fear of layoff. And if you're scared about losing your job, uh, every day is a grind because you're, you're nervous, you're uncertain, you're on unstable ground. You vacillate between trying to prove yourself and show your worth and also maybe looking for other opportunities, which throws you off of your focus and your game. So it can be kind of a seesaw of different strategies you're using that are depleting you because it's so uncertain. And we know uncertainty breeds mental health challenges and uncertainty can breed burnout over time. So again, it's not any one thing. It's all of these things. It's a few of these things. Um, it's the degree to which these things affect you, affect your, you psychologically, affect you physically, because we know that these impacts can just as easily affect your blood pressure, your back pain, your digestion. My goodness, gut health, huge issue. Um, and we know that the latest I read from the American Psychological Association is one in four people have anxiety or depression uh, or both. And it, it's really, really alarming. One in four. And another stat I read is 80%, up to 80% of issues that come into uh, family physician offices are around mental health anxiety, depression being the top two culprits. Um, and they relate to a host of other issues, sleep issues, etc. But that's what physicians are seeing the most of these days. So the organization needs to look in at itself and prioritize mental wellness at a systemic level, not by putting in quick fixes. They need to prioritize mental wellness and stop re rewarding overwork at the expense of renewal. So rather than re rewarding someone for working long hours and working weekends and you know, applauding that, they need to applaud people that are showing a healthy balance of work and life, that are showing a focus on working hard, but also maintaining wellness and well-being. Uh, there are so many things organizations need to do. I could go on and on, but I'm going to name two more today. And then I have more to throw at you at different episodes. But the, the um, overwork is a huge one. 
The removing toxic or abusive managers is another huge one that throughout this season of my podcast, I want to be honing in on that because I just see far too much of it, far too much of dysfunctional leaders being promoted, staying in positions where they're causing more harm than good to human beings. And if they're able to manage up effectively and impress their boss, the CEO, the board, whoever, they end up staying in these positions. And there's not a close enough look at how they're impacting their people. Uh, And I always say you got to find out how the people are impacted. you got to give people an anonymous, safe way to give their feedback. That's not going to harm them, but to give their feedback. And you need to have stay conversations with people. Um, And if you have a toxic manager doing those conversations, that's not going to work. So you need to have you know, independent parties, you need to have HR, etc., where we can get to the bottom of what's going on uh, with the people. And until you know what's going on, you can't possibly guess. And you need to be on a hunt for these types of toxic managers because they are major black mold in your walls. And if people are leaving in drove, if people are leaving time after time for a certain manager, that should be a hot spot. That should be a firefighting endeavor that you're after, a top priority in your organization to get to the bottom of. But when we have politics, we have friendships, etc., it can be very, very hard. And it doesn't always work. But I always say, if you want to be a top place where people stay and thrive, you need to be on the search to remove toxic managers. Finally, uh, you need to set clear job expectations and outcomes for people. So people are often left wondering what's important, what's priority, etc. And that's where hybrid and remote work has been called back in a number of cases because the leadership doesn't want to have to set clear goals and manage those expectations. It's easier if you see people every day. But I'm a huge fan of why do you need to see people every single day? Why can't you have a blend where you have overlap days in the office where people can collaborate and come together as a community and then have focus days working remotely for those who would benefit from that and not everyone would benefit and it's not a one-size-fits-all. So really looking at the degree of flexible work, autonomy and trust and not having a one-size-fits-all, that whole cluster is still a very important preventative measure of burnout in organizations because if I'm saying to my people, You got to work flexibly during pandemic, but we're calling you back and you have to commute now five days a week and that's your problem. And you're adding another two hours of commute time a day to your person's life. You are not helping the burnout cause. You are contributing to the burnout cause by chronic overwork because their workday is expanded, basically. Um, So those are just some of my meandering thoughts. Um, I know there's two sides of it. We need to keep the businesses profitable. We need to keep the businesses growing. And I get that. But without having healthy people, we're not going to do so good at that. So it's a balance of business and well-being. People and profit. So we got to look at 
both. And I feel like the people side tends to take a dip, especially during financial uncertainty. And then it feels like, well, it's an employer's market. So we can uh, get away maybe with not investing in these wellness programs, taking the funding out of these programs. Um, But again, it's not just the programs, it's the systemic issues of your organizational well-being and the healthy culture that you have. So there you have it. I'm happy to get your feedback, whether you agree, disagree on certain points. Uh, I think we're all in this together. And again, I appreciate you being here. I welcome you to my community and I wish you well and stay well. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Where Work Meets Life. If you found this content valuable, please rate and review the episode and share with others who may benefit. Visit me on my website at drlaura.live and sign up for my monthly e-newsletter full of tips and resources. I'm also a passionate keynote speaker and would be delighted to speak with you on your speaking needs. Stay well.